0: Good morning, good morning, welcome to Grace Church, it's great to have you here this morning. We are continuing this series called Psalm 23, and uh, if it's your first time here, uh, my name is Justin Ross, one of the pastors here at Grace, and this is just an incredible section of scripture, and I want to remind us that we're actually looking at this section of scripture through the lens of a shepherd, and I, I trust and I believe that you're going to walk out of here this morning blessed and encouraged, and you're going to walk out of here renewed. And maybe, once again, maybe it's your first time. Maybe uh, you, you've never been in church. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church in a long time. I, I trust and I believe that you're going to walk out of here having a better understanding of the heart of our good shepherd. And you might say, Who is the good shepherd? We talked about that last week. The good shepherd is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is good, and He is for you, and He wants to be your shepherd. And so last week we looked at the Good Shepherd, understanding that it's it's Jesus Christ. And um, this morning we're going to be in Psalm 23 again. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles there. If not, the verses will be on the screen. But before I, I jump into the sermon, I just wanted to, to share and ask a question. Um, how many of you, without raising your hand, how many of you would say, gosh, I I need my soul to be restored? You know, like... Not not my mind necessarily, not just my, my physical strength. You know, we can work a job, we can come home, we're just physically exhausted, we want to go to bed, you know. And, and, and not just our physical strength, not necessarily our mind, but like the core of who you are. Like who you are, your soul. Maybe some of you would say, man, my soul just feels like it's running on empty. Like I feel like I need it to be restored, I need it to be refreshed. In Psalm 23 it says, he restores my soul the good shepherd is the only one that can truly satisfy that can truly restore your soul it's quite a few years ago but uh i actually personally went through a season where my soul was running on empty it was a it was it was a tough ministry season that we were going through there was a lot of uh, marriages in the in the congregation. There was a lot of uh, relationships that were strained. There was marriages that were struggling. There were some marriages that were falling apart. And let me just tell you, like a shepherd that truly loves uh, the the people that he's shepherding. I mean, the last thing he wants to see is brokenness. He wants to see people redeemed. He wants to see people walking in victory. He wants to pe- see people, um, man, healthy and strong. But in this. Ministry season, it seemed like it was just the opposite. There was people struggling financially. There was people, um, there was, they were just struggling in their marriages. We had had a couple deaths. And so, man, there was people mourning. We had uh, some really tough funerals that we had to um, had to do. And it was just a really tough season. And um, I was just kind of running on empty. And there was a, a wonderful family in our congregation who came up to me and they said, Justin, is everything okay? You see, sometimes even pastors are really good at putting on a mask and saying, Everything's good when everything isn't really good. And this family, they knew me well enough where they could come up to me and they said, Man, something isn't something's amiss. Something isn't right. Justin, is everything okay? And I said, No, to be honest with you, I'm running on empty. And they said, How about this? How about we uh set up our camper for you up in the woods, and you and, and Trisha and the boys, you just just go camping as many nights as you'd like, we'll set it up, we'll have it ready for you, would that be something that would just interest you, you know, and I said, you know, I need to think about it, I need to pray about it, yes, <laughs> yes, please, can we, can we, could we have done that yesterday, you know, but they set up their camper, and it was awesome, they had their awning out, they had uh, a mat, it, it felt like the red carpet, but it wasn't red, okay, but they had the mat out in front of the camper, and they'd even... Uh, stocked some things in the camper, some treats for the boys, some food for us. And, Anyways, we spent a couple nights in the woods and camping as a family, just reconnecting as husband and wife, reconnecting as a family. And we walked out of the woods, and my soul had been restored. My soul had been refreshed. My soul had been encouraged. You know... Jesus Christ is the only one that can truly satisfy and can truly restore a soul. But I believe to the core of who I am, I believe that he uses you and me as his instruments to help accomplish that task. I believe that he uses your giftings and your resources and your abilities and your creativity to bless other people before we even dive into a sermon, I wanted to start with a challenge here this morning. I wanted to challenge you as a church to know the people around you, to know the people that you go to church with, to know the people that you interact with. Because let me just be blunt and say, if you come to church week in and week out, month in, month out, and you don't know anybody's name, that's a problem. That's a problem. And we need to be connected. We need to be in community. And I want to challenge you. If you know of someone that just, you know in your heart, man, something is amiss. I just don't think, maybe their soul is running on empty. I want to encourage you and challenge you to find a way to bless them. Somehow, some way. Just think about what God has given you. And listen, let me just go on record by saying, not me, okay? I want, you to bless each other. But think about what God has given you and think about how you could use that to bless someone else. Maybe it's just saying, hey, can we put you up for a night in a hotel so you you guys can get away? Can we take your kids for a couple nights so so you, you guys can, you know, go up camping? Uh, man, can we just bless you with some groceries? Can we, you know, whatever you dream up, whatever you think of, I think it could help Us as a body To really take care of one another And to minister to one another And I think some people could walk away going Man, my soul feels restored Because once again I was on the verge of saying Man, my soul's empty And nothing good comes from an empty soul That's when people quit That's when they bail out That's when they run That's sometimes when they make Life-altering decisions That they could never take back and so let's be soul refreshers. How about that? Let's be a church that refreshes one another and looks out for one another and encourages one another. I'm up for the challenge. I hope you are too. I think it would be great. So why do we need our souls to be restored? So remember David, he was, a, he was a shepherd boy. He grew up as a young man being a shepherd and then he became the king of Israel. And I would highly encourage you to read that story. It's incredibly amazing. But he became the king of Israel, and he was referred to as the shepherd king because he had such an incredible love and a passion for the people that he led. But even the psalmist David, the one who wrote this song, he knew what it was to be cast down, to be dejected. David had experienced defeat. He knew the frustration of falling into temptation. He had tasted the feelings of hopelessness. And he knew what it was to feel alone, to feel hopeless, to feel despair. He knew what it was to, to not have any strength in himself. And let me remind you, like sometimes people picture David as this guy playing a harp, you know, and, and maybe they, they kind of paint him as being a little bit feminine. Yes, he was a songwriter, but he was also a warrior. Remember, it was said of Saul that he killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. This guy was a songwriter, but he was also a warrior. But there was times where he felt like he couldn't go on, that he couldn't take another step forward. There was times he wanted to quit. David used the words in some of his writings, he used the words cast down and he used that on purpose because only those who have worked with sheep, okay, only shepherds really understand what those words mean to be cast or to be cast down. This is an old term for for a sheep that has turned over on its back and it cannot get up by itself. It's cast down. A sheep um, that is cast down, a sheep that's upside down on its back and can't get back on its feet, it is a pathetic sight. Okay, This sheep is completely helpless, completely um, unable to do anything on its own. So it's lying on its back, its feet are in the air, It's frantically struggling to stand up without being able to do so. And if the shepherd doesn't arrive within a a reasonably amount of time, this sheep will die on its back. Are you ready for it? Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) Days will pass, and it will die. (laughs) Okay. So weird. Okay. (laughs) I, I have to admit, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. So once again, if the shepherd doesn't arrive in a reasonably amount of time, that sheep will die. So once again, this parallels to spiritual leadership or to spiritual oversight within the church. And it's essential for a shepherd to look over his flock every day. It's essential for a shepherd to count them to to make sure that they're all on their feet to make sure that if one or two are missing that he searches for them because they're probably cast. They're probably cast down and they're not able to stand on their own. You know, and sometimes that's, that's the beauty of, of community. No matter how strong you are, there will be times that you need the support of a brother or a sister to help you walk, to help you stand. We need one another. You know, we announced last week that We've been working on the process of selecting some new elders to serve alongside the current elder team members. And next Sunday, August 25th, we're going to ask you, the members of Grace Church, to nominate some new elder couples or elders to begin the process of possibly serving alongside the, the four elder couples that are currently serving. And we answered the question as to, like, why are we doing this last week? But I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper to that why. You might be sitting here and you say, why are we doing this? I just wanted you to know that over the last 10 years, we have numerically, our attendance has grown on an average of 10% a year. That's pretty incredible, okay? So we have grown as a church. We started doing Facebook Live a couple years back, and we're averaging close to 150, 150 150-ish viewers every weekend. People tuning in, watching the services online. And so we're doing this because we need help. We need help. We need we need other spiritual shepherds to help make sure that we are leading well and caring well and loving people well on into the future. That's why we're doing this, because we want Grace Church to be a lighthouse, to be a light in this region. So hopefully this morning you were when you walked in, you were handed this prayer guide. And if you didn't get one, I want to invite you to grab one when you leave this morning. You can go to the Welcome Center, just ask for a a prayer guide. But this is um, just asking you to pray for this process. And it kind of helps you to to see what this process is going to look like. But I want to ask you to pray earnestly for Grace Church. Pray for the elders and the, uh, the elder couples possibly that are going to be nominated. Just pray that God uses them in incredible ways to keep this church healthy and strong and to do incredible things for the kingdom of God on into the future. This guide will help you to pray over this process with us. But today what I wanted to do is I I wanted to share some key biblical requirements of elders because... Maybe you're kind of new to the faith and you're like, man, I don't even know what an elder does. Like, what is the role description for an elder? Like, what's, what, what are they responsible for? Like, I have a hard time nominating an elder when I don't even know what they do. And so I wanted to share with you some biblical requirements. The Bible has a lot to say about spiritual leadership, spiritual oversight, people that are caring for God's people. And so we're going to look at some of those key requirements and... I also wanted to share with you this morning who the current elder team is so that they don't get renominated. okay? All right? So let's start with that. Let's start. I want to introduce the current elder team via some pictures. So first of all, you're going to see Brad and Summer Fuqua. Uh, Brad and Summer have been the most recent addition to our elder team, and they have already been a huge blessing, not only to our church but also to the elder team. And uh, they have an incredible love for God and a love for God. For people. And, uh, man, it's just been awesome um, serving alongside the Fuqua's. Next is um, Chris and Becky Standrich. Uh, Chris and Becky have been uh, faithfully serving on the elder team for over five years, and right now they're in Hawaii. So on the count of three, if you guys would do this with me, go, uh, like we're really sad for them, okay? One, two, three. Uh, because I think they're watching on Facebook Live. Have fun at the beach. Okay, anyways, no, we're really happy. <laughs> we're happy that they're at the beach. Um, Chris and Becky, awesome couple, um, have been faithfully serving the Lord, and they too have an incredible love for God and for people. Next is Kyle and Tammy Hansen. The Hansons have been serving on this team for six years. Uh, man, have been an incredibly huge blessing to our church, uh, a huge blessing to myself personally, and all of these couples have a deep, abiding love for the Lord and his people. And then lastly, you'll see a picture of me and Trisha, and we serve on this team. I want you to know this, okay? This is important. We serve on this team, but we're also accountable to this team. And so this team, the elder team, they help to sharpen us. They make sure that we're growing in our faith. They make sure that we're not getting out of, out of balance with family and ministry commitments. Because let me tell you this, what breaks your heart And seeing the brokenness in in Durango and Bayfield and Ignacio, this region, it, it, it breaks my heart. And I have a heart for this region. I grew up in this region, and I want to see this region redeemed and restored. But sometimes what breaks your heart can break you. And you can get so out of balance because you're doing so many good things that you forget about your first ministry. You forget about your marriage and your family. And so the elder team... They hold me accountable to making sure that I don't do that and that I stay um, balanced with those commitments. So let's answer the question. That's the current elder team, so don't nominate those people, okay? Don't, yeah, okay, you guys are good. So what would make a good shepherd? Let's answer that question. You're sitting here like, man, who should I nominate once again? I think it would be good to look through the lens of biblical requirements. So what is a good shepherd? A good shepherd, first of all, if you're taking notes, I think it's important to do that. Write this down. A good shepherd knows the flock and the state of the flock. So how about asking yourself this question? When you're thinking about uh, an an elder or an elder couple to nominate, uh, does the individual or does the couple that I'm recommending, do they even care? Like, do they care about Grace Church? Do they care about the people of Grace Church? Do they love people? Do they even care? That's like a baseline kind of requirement. You need to care, all right? You need to care. Are they actively ministering to people? Are they building relationships with people? How about a shepherd that, number two, watches over the flock? Another way to say that would be a shepherd that has discernment. They're able to discern between good and evil and right and wrong. They're they're watching over the flock, making sure that as best we can, we're going towards Jesus Christ full steam ahead. Number three, how about a shepherd that knows how to meet the needs of the flock? You see, a good shepherd knows what's necessary to meet the needs of the flock. They're wise. They know how to react. They know what to do when a a wolf comes in to try to steal a sheep. Their attention is always alert for the care of the sheep. They they know what to do to meet the needs. They know where to direct people. They know how to care for the flock. Number four, a good shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures. This, This would be the gift or the ability to envision where the flock needs to go. To be able to see where the flock needs to go. And let me go on record by saying we are going places. We are not comfortable staying where we're at. We're not going to be a church that just dies in our seats, okay? We are going to be a church that is actively, with the power of God and everything in us, we're actively going out into our region to try to make a difference, to try to share the gospel, to try to redeem through the power of Jesus Christ. And so this is the gift or the ability to envision where the flock needs to go because here is not acceptable. We actually need to go to greener pastures. Number five would be, how about a shepherd that communicates with the flock? You see, a good shepherd not only knows the sheep, a good shepherd not only spends time with them, and but a good shepherd also communicates or talks with them. A good shepherd is able to teach. And sometimes teaching is not with words, but with actions. You see, sheep willingly follow a shepherd because he's out front leading by example. Once again, next Sunday, August 25th, we're going to begin the process of nominating elders. And there's going to be two different ways that you can nominate elders. There's going to be a paper form that you can fill out, or there's going to be a preferred method of a... um, Online link that will be sent out to you Uh, But you'll be able to do that next sunday And then we're going to begin that process of kind of vetting those that have been nominated, but once again I want to encourage you to refer to your prayer guide. Please pray over this process I really really believe that this is going to Greatly benefit our church as we go after the vision that god has given us Um, He's going to use these elders these elder couples to help lead this church on into an incredible future And you might be saying what is that vision? Let me remind us, the vision of Grace Church is this, imperfect people, okay, that's you by the way, that's me, imperfect people leveraging everything for those far from Jesus. That's what we're about. We're going after those who are far from Christ and we want them to know the good shepherd. We want them to know his heart. We want them to be set free from their brokenness. So how do we keep from becoming cast down how do we keep our souls restored how do we keep our passion red hot and our calling sure how do we how do we stay focused on Christ first let's look at some reasons why we become cast down and once again we're going to look through the lens of a shepherd we're going to look at some reasons why sheep are cast down and you're going to find that this is directly applicable to our lives so let's look at some reasons why some sheep become cast down. The sheep that most often becomes cast is the sheep that is, number one, the sheep that's too comfortable. This is crazy. Like, this is from the mouths of shepherds. Okay? This is what they say. A sheep that becomes too comfortable is in danger of becoming cast down. Sheep that lay down for too long or sheep that choose the soft, comfortable grounds. Maybe they're in some, you know, tall grass and... Man, they're feeding, and they lay down, and they just lay down for too long, and they're feeding for too long. All of a sudden, they roll to one side to stretch or to relax, and then their center of gravity shifts, and it turns on its back. The sheep does, and its feet can no longer touch the ground, and suddenly they feel the sense of panic, and they start to paw frantically because they're not touching the ground. And they become cast down. I mean, How does this apply to us? <laughs> how does this apply to us as followers of Jesus Christ, as Christians? How about the Christian that's always trying to do or trying to look for what's best for them? How about the Christian that's always coming into church and they just have this critical eye about the music or about this message or about the children's ministry and they're just always critical and always negative and it's always about them but they never come in like this saying, what can I do to help make this church better? What can I do to serve? What can I do to make this church succeed? What about the Christian that's just always trying to find the easy or the cozy? Just Instead of taking the high road, can we take the low road, please? It's just an easier path. How about the medium road? Like, I don't want to take the high road. I don't want to do the hard things because that's too hard. I want to do what's kind of easy. How about the Christians that are unwilling to grow in self-discipline? Man, they just, they have no discipline when it comes to anything. They're just unwilling to grow in that area of their life. Listen, our God is good but he's not safe. He will lead you to take risks. He will take you to greener pastures, but sometimes to get to that pasture, you have to go through a forest. You have to go through some danger zones. You have to go through some things to get to the greener pastures that don't feel comfortable, that don't feel safe. In the Christian life, there's a great danger in always looking for the easy place or the cozy corner Or looking for that place where there's no hardship. Or man, I really don't want to minister to them or him or her because that's really uncomfortable. Or man, they just annoy me and so I just don't even want to, I don't want to mess with them. It's legit, right? I've had those feelings. I know you probably have too. But when we follow those feelings instead of our calling, when we follow those feelings, instead of what God has commissioned us to do, we are in danger of becoming cast down. Sheep also become cast when they, when they number two, when they have too much wool. Okay, a sheep that has too much fleece can become very, uh, you know, this fleece has become very long. It's become matted down with mud and manure. Okay, everybody understands what manure is, right? Like we have a farming community, but some of us live in the city. Um, it, it can get matted down with debris and just a bunch of junk. And a sheep that is matted down with that, it's, it's it's because it's become so weighed down, it's so heavy that the sheep just wants to lay down to rest and then it flips over on its back and it can't get back up. Now catch this, this is important. Throughout scripture, whenever... Uh, whenever it's talked about wool or a fleece, you know, the the wool of a sheep, it's referring to our old self or our inner self. It's referring to our old man or who we were before Christ. That's what it's giving reference to. It's a picture of our old self. And what is that for you? What is it that you have come out of but you're tempted to go back into. Maybe it's, maybe it's possession of things. Maybe it's just accumulating stuff. And you got so much stuff, you got so much debt, like you are just so weighed down, like you can't even think about blessing or ministering other people because, man, you got, you got debt way above your head. And you are in danger of being cast down. Maybe it's following worldly ideas, Like, man, you know what God says, you know the direction that God wants you to go, but man, you just, you think that the world's ways are better than his ways. Or young people, maybe it's listening to that that friend of yours that really doesn't have a clue, but you're willing to listen to his counsel or her counsel or her ideas more than your godly father's or your godly mother's ideas. Maybe it's, maybe it's your own ideas that you think are better than God's. And it all just begins to weigh you down and to drag you down, to hold you down. And so a sheep that has too much wool, it has to be sheared. And the shearing process is always, it's not pleasant. Okay? Sometimes letting go of your old man, your old, you know, who you were, it's not a pleasant process. Sometimes, maybe turning away from that circle of influence of friends that was dragging you down, maybe breaking free from that negative circle and finding some new godly friends that are going to help build you up, that could be a difficult process. But I don't know about you, but have you ever seen a sheep that has been weighed down with wool, that has been sheared, I'm not going to demonstrate for you, but it is like prancing around. Whoa, I'm free, you know, because they, that wool that has been taken off, that weight has been taken off. It's running, it's jumping around, it feels free. The Apostle Paul, I think, said it best. He said, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life is Has begun. And listen, when you meet, some of the the most fun people to interact with and to meet is a brand new Christian who has just turned his or her life over to Jesus Christ and they have been set free from all this bondage and all this brokenness. And they're like, give me a a squirt gun because I'm charging hell right now. Like they have that energy, they've been set free. It's like they just want to prance around everywhere. They feel the load has been taken off. It's freedom. It's freedom. The third reason a sheep becomes cast is because, number three, it's too fat. Overfat sheep, sheep that have been feeding and feeding and feeding, are not the most healthy, nor are they the most productive. The fattest sheep are most often the ones who are cast. You see, a good shepherd, his aim is to help the sheep to be strong and sturdy and energetic. So, so how does that relate to us, Justin? Listen, a fat sheep is an example of those who continually hear the word of God. They, they, they're feeding on Bible studies and church services, and they just take in and they 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 take. I got all this Bible knowledge and I have done nothing with it. I heard a pastor say one time, he said this, look, be careful. Be careful. Because once you hear the word of God, okay, you hear the word of God and you do nothing in response, the next time you hear it, it will get easier. And the next time you hear it, it will get even easier. And pretty soon it becomes a habit and a pattern of hearing the word of God without any practical response. Or another way to say it is, you'll become cast down. And unfortunately, I think we have a bunch of churches in America that are full with cast down Christians. I mean, we have so much at our fingertips. You can go right now to the internet and you can listen to the greatest communicators in the world preach and teach the Word of God. I mean, I mean, you can just, you can just devour it 24-7. But you have to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only. I would rather you just read one simple little verse and try to live it out this week than to try to devour the whole Bible and do nothing with it. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. So, so how do we get back on our feet? Often times, I, I think when, I think this is a false way of thinking. I think we have this False way of thinking that, man, if I become cast down, maybe, maybe I've, I've turned back to my old way, I have too much wool, you know, or maybe I, I'm too comfortable, I'm, 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 I'm afraid to take risks spiritually, I'm just afraid, or maybe, man, I've just been sitting and devouring the Word of God, but I haven't done anything with it. You know, sometimes we have this thinking that when a child of God falls or becomes cast down, that God is disgusted Or that God is fed up or furious with him or her. And I want you to know that is not true. It's actually just the opposite. The good shepherd actually runs towards the cast down sheep. What he does is he gets the sheep that's cast down and he gently rolls the sheep to his side And I've learned that sometimes he has to let them lay there for a little bit because they have gases built up and the gases have to settle and that's what ultimately would kill the sheep. So they let the sheep lay on its side and when the bloating comes down a little bit he will then pick up the sheep on its feet and he'll squeeze his legs against it and he's holding it and sometimes he has to rub its legs because it doesn't have any circulation in its legs. He rubs the back legs and he has to stay there until the strength comes back into the sheep's legs so that it's able to walk on its own. And the good shepherd will stay there like this as long as he needs to. As long as it takes. Ah, it gives me chills. Because I know he's held me like that many times. You see, one of the great things about the heart of God is that He is truly concerned and he shows great grace and great mercy towards those who are cast down. And he goes after those who are down and out. Even when society says we have no more use for them, we're done with them. That's who God goes after. And it reveals why he wept over those who turned away his love. It's why his heart broke with compassion because he said they're like sheep without a shepherd. Our God is quick, and he's ready to help, to save, and to redeem. You know, when I, when I read the life story of Jesus Christ, and I look closely at how he conducted himself, how he coped with human need around him, I see again and again the good shepherd picking up cast down sheep i see jesus demonstrating tenderness and love and patience and it's incredible and david i believe he captured what it feels like when god has put you back on your feet he wrote another song it's in psalm 56 13 i wanted to read it to you it says for you have rescued me from death i think some of us could testify here this morning about our own stories about how God has rescued us from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. And after Jesus puts us back on our feet, we can continually walk in confidence in the power of God. And we don't have to be afraid of being cast down. The Apostle Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said, The temptations in your life, maybe the temptation to be too comfortable, maybe you're afraid to take a risk, maybe you're afraid to step out in faith, maybe it's turning back to your old life or overindulgence, whatever it is. He says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, you feel alone because you're the only one that has done this or that. Listen, we all struggle with the same temptations. You're not alone. But Paul says, God is faithful. And this is incredible. He says, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Man, that's incredible. I Love that verse. He will give me a way out. Listen, we can rest and we can be at peace knowing that the good shepherd will always provide a way of escape from temptation. We can rest assured that he knows what he's doing. So, in conclusion, let me say this. He knows what he's doing in your marriage, he knows what he's doing in your parenting, he knows what he's doing in your business, he knows what he's doing in your own life. He is the good shepherd. You can trust him. Man, I encourage you, follow him. You can trust him. He knows what he's doing with you. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this incredible song that was written by David that we can study, that we can sing about, that we can reflect on and how it encourages us and how it restores our souls Father, I pray for those that came in today that maybe their souls were running on empty. I pray that they would leave here today with their souls full, with their souls um, man, just feeling energized. I pray that you would make yourself known to them, God, and that they would continually to uh, take steps forward to know you uh, in better ways and to live out what they learn, to, to have some practical application to the things that they've been taught. Father, I pray for those of us that maybe have been cast down for different reasons. I pray that today you would help us to repent, to turn away from our old life. And that, Lord, maybe we're going to have to stand on our feet real wobbly and you're going to have to hold us for a while. But I pray that we would just go through the process. We would do whatever it takes to get that strength back in our legs so that we can walk again and so that we can go where you lead us to go. Father, I pray that you'd put us back on our feet. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to watch a a short video here, and then Keith's going to come and close out the service.
1: My name is Jessica Vogt, and I had the honor and privilege of serving with GLOW last year. GLOW is just an amazing day where so many people come together. Volunteers, the the leaders, and just put on this amazing day to love the ladies who walk through that door. Mm-hmm. Invite them in, and we just we love on them. We get to pray with them. Um, we get to do their hair, give them massages, do their nails. It's just a fun girly day. There was this one particular lady that stood out for me, and um, we were able to connect and give each other our phone numbers. And um, a couple days later, we connected on the phone, and I was able to pick her up, and um, God laid on my heart to take her to Walmart and to bless her with a few things that she did need. And so once we got done shopping and back out to my van, we were able... I was there for three more hours, just talking to her. She shared her story. She asked me about mine. I got to share the gospel with her, and I am very sure that God planted some wonderful seeds there for her. If you're out there, you're sitting in the audience, you're just wondering, you know, wow, should I be a part of this, or or could I give anything to this? And I can tell you, yes. I was not sure what i was getting into what what help i could be but it has changed my life you watch these ladies come in we all come from different walks of life and but then we are able to watch them walk out changed and seeds planted i'm looking forward to seeing what this year brings and what god's going to do through each and every person that is there
2: Glow. That's just kind of the deal. They're going to be at the table in the back. We'd love to have you volunteer to be a part of whatever God's going to do this year. It's going to be awesome. love to have your help. Um, Angelica or Brooke will be back there. They'd love to sign you up. Men, we're getting the band back together, okay? The Men's Bible Study is starting up again. Uh, we're going to kick it off with a little get-together at CJ's, 645 a.m. on September 4th. That is a Wednesday. And then they're going to meet every Wednesday morning after that, starting on the 11th at 6.30 right here at Grace. So you want to be a part of that, connect with some guys. We'd love to have you. Lastly, some really cool news. We have some more people kind of locking arms with us here at the church, committing to Grace Church. We want to introduce them to you this morning. There's Kathy. You can clap for them. Woo, Kathy. Um, neat lady. Uh, be sure and get to know her. And then we have the Sissons, uh, Garrett and Alicia. And, of course, Logan, I think you guys are here. Yeah, they're here. Uh, Be sure and shake their hand today. Take them to lunch. Take them to dinner. Take them to coffee. Uh, We'd love for you to get to know each other. Um, Why don't you guys stand? If you didn't meet anybody today, don't you can't leave until you meet someone, (laughs) even if you're new. We want you to meet someone. Let's go out. We're going to pray. Let's take on the world for Jesus, all right? God, we give you everything, everyone pray that you take us and use us to your honor and glory for your kingdom. We have such good news, God, that there is a shepherd, our Father in heaven, who loves us, who loves people. Help us to take that message to someone this week that needs it. Help us to be bold in our confession of what you've done for us, to be quick to give an account of the hope that we have in you. I pray you'd open doors for each one of us. And God, help us to take care of each other, love on each other well. In Jesus' name, thank you so much for this time. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We will see you later.
0: You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown,
1: where feet may fail. And there I find you in the
0: mystery. Oceans